0: Today, I want to start a seven part series going through the book of Malachi, and I'm calling this series God is a Great King. God is a great king. Uh, the heart of the book of Malachi is that um, God is bringing complaints against his people because they just aren't treating him well. They're despising him, they're taking him for granted. They're complaining about him. They're grumbling about him. And so this entire book is kind of dealing with the insults and the complaints that are coming his way from his people and from the priests and the Levites and calling them to true worship, calling them to see and treat God like he really is the greatest king, which is freedom and blessing for them and an experience of God's faithfulness that they aren't Uh, walking in that they're not receiving because they're grumbling and they're despising God and so um, though generally I'm going to be working through this book um, as the book comes one chapter another I want to start with the second half of chapter one because this is the portion that has my key phrase where God says that he's a great king which is I think a key or a center of this entire book. And then uh, next time I'll go back and look at the first beginning of chapter one. But this is chapter one, starting in verse six. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where's my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those who are sick or lame, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor, says the Lord of hosts? And now entreat the favor of God, that he may be gracious to us. With such a gift from your hand, will he show favor to any of you, says the Lord of hosts? Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the doors, that you might kindle, not kindle a fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations, and in every place incense will be offered to my name, and a pure offering. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts, but you profane it when you say that the Lord's table is polluted and its fruit, that is, its food, may be despised. But you say, what a weariness this is, and you snort at it says the Lord of hosts. You bring what has been taken by violence or is lame or sick, and this you bring as your offering. Shall I accept that from your hands, says the Lord? Cursed be the cheat who has a male in his flock and vows it and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. So this is the scene. Uh, the priests and the Levites are doing their work. People are coming to offer their sacrifices, but people are getting stingy with God. They, they, they see that they've got a really great goat or a really great lamb, and they have a not so good one. It's blind, it's sick, it's lame, and they think to themselves, I really don't want to lose this great goat um and you know what this this goat's just gonna get burned up anyway so i'm gonna bring that to god because you know he won't mind he just looks on the heart it's not about the gift right it's not like he checks the price tag on these things he's looked on the heart and i know i'm a good guy so i'll bring the lame one and so he brings the lame one to the priest and then the priests see and it's not the greatest gift it's it's a lame lamb and god's law said you can't offer to me blemished stuff you need to bring me good stuff that's from his law of moses and the priests knew this and they would see the lame and the blind gifts coming and they wouldn't do anything about it they wouldn't say anything about it they wouldn't um, say you know god won't accept this um, can you can you buy something better or even if they couldn't, maybe they're too poor. You know, the law had provisions for the poor so that they could just go buy some doves. They, could, they would have something. Better, you know, a pure dove than a blemished lamb in the law of the Lord. But the priests wouldn't do anything. And not only did they not do anything, they had a really bad attitude about it. They would say, oh, this is weariness. They, You know, trying to figure this stuff out, forget it. And so they would just let people come with inferior gifts to the Lord. And the Lord calls them to task. And you can just see from what he says that he knows that he is being dishonored, both in their hearts and in their gifts, their, their physical expression of their hearts, and in their speech. So he says, you know, if I were your dad, you would honor me. And if I were a master and you were a slave, you would fear me. You would do what I say. You would try to please me. But I'm your God, and you don't care. How does that make any sense? That's what he's saying. How does that make any sense? If I were your father, you would know how to respect me. If I were a master, you would know how to fear me. But I am the living God, and you don't care to honor me? He says, this is crazy. He even kind of mockingly says, you wouldn't even bring this present to the governor, who isn't even the king, just the local ruler. You wouldn't offer this stuff to him, so why is it okay to offer it to me, says the Lord. And he goes on from there, and he just he wants to draw their attention to who he really is. He says, look, my name will be honored among all the nations. I am such a great God, he says, that my fame will go throughout the entire world. So what are you doing treating me worse than a dad? Treating me worse than just some owner of a slave? Treating me worse than your governor? My name will be great throughout the entire world. And then he says this, I am a great king. And I will be feared among the nations. You know, he's, he he sees what they're doing. Their, their contempt, their laziness, their slackness. And he says, I, I just wish someone would come and just nail the door shut. It would be better if you didn't even show up here than what you're doing. To actually go through the energy of offering me these bad offerings is worse than if you just slept in all day. That's crazy. That's wonderful. And so he rebukes them. And his desire is that they would respond and repent and say sorry and then do what his word had called them to do, to offer right sacrifices, to offer their best and to not be cursed. You know, he says, cursed is the cheat who vows a male and then gives me some junk. Cursed is the man who has real treasure that he says he's going to give me but then just treats treats me like the trash compactor and just throws his junk at me. And so God doesn't want them to be cursed. He wants them to be blessed. But in order for them to get there, they need to learn how to actually, with their lives, treat him like the great king that he is. For me, this really impacts me. You know, I've been thinking about these messages for weeks now. My God is the great king and to hear these this these words read is difficult for us because we are a people who we we don't like kings. You know, we've uh, we have a constitutional mar- monarchy. Um in Canada, in a sense, well that's England has the constitutional monarchy, but we have a monarch in our nation. It's the queen, then we have prime ministers who we elect and then sometimes dispose depo- and so we're used to kind of Uh, being thought of as our own bosses in a democracy and we're not used to the concept of having a great king that we're called to honor. Also kind of in our culture we think when people are really wealthy and powerful and more wealthy and powerful than, than us when we interact with them they're the ones who are supposed to give us the gifts. You know if you had a friend who was a millionaire and you were going out for lunch all the time you would kind of think that they should be paying for the lunches. They're rich. They're powerful. They can make more money, way more than me. So when we get together, I'm the one who should be getting the gifts here. But this is not uh, the culture, and this isn't how it works with the Lord. The Lord says, I'm a great king, and so you should be finding ways to honor me, costly ways to honor me. If If you knew who I was, This would not be a trial to you, is what the Lord is saying. And so, um, you know, to bring this into the New Testament era, um, Jesus Christ is our great king. He came, he became a baby, and he grew up. He was, um, by lineage, a descendant of David and the true king over Israel and by his eternal existence and his creation of the world, he is the king over the universe because he made it, the son of God, the word of God incarnate, and he's come and he was crucified for sin. And he was died and he died and was buried and rose again and was a, was taken to heaven to sit on the throne of heaven at the right hand of the father. And he's the greatest king ever. And now instead of just kind of like bringing a goat, um, the scripture calls us instead to present our bodies as living sacrifices. So not just an ox, not just a goat, not something that's worth 500 bucks or a thousand bucks or $3,000. It says the right honoring sacrifice for King Jesus now, who is the ruler over the universe, is our entire lives lived for him. Without complaining, about the cost or without trying to just give him the junk of our lives the junk time the worst time the leftovers just sunday morning aren't you aren't you pleased i've i i slept through the sermon aren't you happy yet god you know um i i I put up with the worship i served in children's ministry aren't you happy yet no 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 if that's our attitude we're grumbling about serving the lord we, we don't know who he is he is the greatest king And we belong to him. And he belongs to us. And our existence is meant to be for his honor. We are meant to know him, see him, honor him, and give him our best. And that's where our joy is. That's where our life is. That's where our future is. That's where our freedom is. And so as we're beginning this uh, seven-part series, this, this is my heart. Oh God, won't you teach us what it means that your son Jesus is the great king? whose name is feared throughout the entire world. The name of Jesus has gone around the planet and through missionary efforts is going to every single people group and language group in the world. There's still a few hundred language groups left to go, but most of the world and most of the people of the world have some kind of access to the scriptures, to the gospel. His name has gone around the world. The name of the great King Jesus has gone around the world. Now teach us, God to honor you. Teach us to give you true honor that you love and are pleased with because it means we know you. That is my prayer for you and for me both. Be blessed.